I wanted to just share some uh, encouragement with, uh, with you today um, because I, I noticed that sometimes when I listen to, to preaching, uh, I'm not in any way criticizing the preaching, but when I listen to preaching sometimes, it's almost always how-to. And, uh, and I like how-tos. Uh, but why do we show you Jesus rather than giving you always points of view um, and, a, and an abundance of how-to? You know, just always keeping it at that level. The reason that I do that is because God has moved on me to do that, number one. But also in the scriptures, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, he says, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it is my fervent belief that what the church needs is knowledge, the knowledge of God, not just general knowledge, but the knowledge of God, who he is and what he has done for us, and we need to understand God. So often we are living in a world where we understand the natural things, the things that are around us, but we don't really understand God. I hear so many making uh, claims that God said or did something, and I think, no, that's antithetical to God. That is the polar opposite of God. And then sometimes... We know what God said, but we don't always know what God meant. And what I would like for us to do is to seek God out and find out what he meant. So when we give you Christ in so many of his uh, aspects, when we give you Christ like that, it is so that you will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. I want to know one person, really, and from that one person, I will know all things that are pertinent or that belong to mankind when I know that one person. I've shared with you before that uh, in the 70s and 80s, much of our preaching was, uh, or that this preaching around the country and, of course, also the world, whenever you hear the preaching around the America, you know that that is what has been disseminated to the world. So if it is error, it's been sent to the world in error. And we find that a lot of, of the error is because somebody was preaching and didn't have an understanding of Jesus Christ. And so when we share with you uh, Christ, what we want you to, to have is the one principle, the one person who is important to all of life. When you have Jesus Christ, you have everything that God has to give you. Everything. And the, the preaching and teaching was all uh, methodologies. Uh, it was always formulaic, you know, this formula, these steps. And I remember sitting and thinking, this is just too complicated. I'm a fairly educated man, and this is too complicated. I can't remember all these fine points. I need something more simple. I need more simplicity. And so I just wanted to say that as an introduction. I want us to not despise the simplicity of Christ. I want us to embrace the simplicity of Christ. I was reading um, and the scriptures. Actually, I was going through some of my old messages, just kind of looking at them. And I saw something. It was not a message. It was called the gift of God. And it was a, a proposed message, one that I would want to do. 
the gift of God. And I, I looked at John chapter 4, and I thought, okay, I've been preaching a lot out of John chapter 4, John chapter 6, John chapter 10, John, John chapter 7, John chapter 17, John, you know. And so I thought, well, maybe people will get tired of hearing uh, basically the same scriptures mentioned. And I thought, no, because they're all of Christ. They're all of Christ. And John chapter 4, verse 10, I, uh, this is where the thought came from. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, speaking of the woman at the well, a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman, a woman that was always called ritual, ritualistically unclean, if I said that correctly, ritualistically unclean. It says she's always unclean, doesn't matter what she did. If she just had a shower, she's unclean. And, and, and the Jewish rabbis would never, ever even sit down near her, go near her. They actually took a circuitous route, a circuitous route around, a, a circuitous route around Samaria, uh, Samaria so they wouldn't have to go there. Uh, but Jesus, the Bible said, needed to go. The, that is, the Holy Spirit took Jesus somewhere where the Holy Spirit needed ministry. And so often... So often we avoid those places and people who differ from us. I've learned to love people who are totally different than me. And some of my best and fondest memories are of people I never would have met had not God took me into a circuitous route. And, and here Jesus is talking to the woman and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. This, this, I, when you think you have chewed and, or masticated, chewed uh, uh, Scripture enough, there's still more in it. And here in this story, when Jesus sat down by that well and he said, give me a drink. And she thought, this is, this is not right. I mean, what's going on here? This man is Jewish and he is saying to me, give me a drink. Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And so what's the catch if you knew the gift of God? And who it is who says to you, give me a drink. If you knew the gift of God and if you knew who I am, you would ask something of me if you knew. And so those of us who are here today, we need to ask God for what God wants us to have rather than ask God what we want to have. Let's ask God for what he wants us to have, and we would all be better. Jesus said, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Living water, living water. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Uh, the scripture says, For by grace you have been saved. For by grace you have been saved. The unmerited favor of God, you have been saved. You have been saved because God wanted to save you. You did nothing to save yourself. And I know that there are those who think that, that my doctrine is a little skewed because I've, I've lived long enough to know the truth about some things. And that is, you and I were dead in trespasses and sins. And God made us alive. And so Jesus is talking about this. God made you alive. 
When you are dead, you don't have anything to do with anything. And Jesus, God, made us alive in Christ. He saved us, and he keeps us. By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, and that not of yourself, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. And so Jesus says, he says, not of works lest anyone should boast. So God made sure that no flesh would ever be able to glory or boast in his presence. And you and I have come to this time. It's an amazing time. So what can I do with this? I can enjoy salvation. I can know that God has given me salvation and he keeps me because my heart is tied to his heart and no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I, how does this profit me? In an age of prolific lying and deception, I will not be deceived. How do you know you won't be deceived? Why are you certain? Because I have partaken of his living water. I have partaken of the gift of God. I have partaken of the gift of God. And so he says, he says here, salvation is the gift of God. So let's go back and look at that. He says, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew salvation. I think in, in, in Spanish we kind of get this a little bit maybe easier than you do in English. When you think of, 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 of Jesus, he, he would be uh, El Salvador, I think, huh? with a Savior, El Salvador. And then you have Salvacion, and you know that all of these are working together as one, uh, salvation and, and, and the Savior working. Sometimes in English, you know, he's Jesus, and then, you know, we don't normally call him, like in Espanol, you know, El Salvador. He is the, he is the Savior. He brings sa uh, salvation. He brings the gift with him. He is the gift. He is not like salvation is apart from him. It comes with him. And this is what we want you to understand. So the woman said, sir, uh, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Where do you get water that is alive? Where do you get water that is alive? So Jesus, so, so then we have to look again at Jesus being El Salvador and Salvacion, salvation and the Savior. So Jesus is Savior and he's salvation. So here he says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, so she says, where do you get the living water? So why do I, why do I always preach Christ Jesus? Number one, it's simple. And you don't need a Ph.D. to grasp it. You don't need a master's to grasp it. All you need is one step of faith to grasp it. You don't need to have 10 or 12 points to grasp it. You just get one step, and once you get to Jesus, you're safe. I played a little baseball. I think the Houston Astros, you know, might, would, yeah, well, <laughs> well. I should have done that in baseball country. Yeah, the Houston Astros maybe like this analogy. I remember, you know, getting, I was a good fielder, could really field very well, but sometimes that ball was hard to hit. And, uh, some, and when you hit that ball, sometimes you hit the ball and it was an infield grounder. And my, my job was to get to first base. It wasn't to get the third. It was to get the first base. And so I, 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 would, I remember running, 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 and, and safe, safe on first base. And once you get to first base safe with God, you are safe 
forever. That's what God wants you to know. You, you can never be undone. I, I, don't, I find it very strange that people want to, to love God and talk about how good God is, but yet want to limit him in his salvific ability. I mean, God, if God, as I've said many times lately, and I'm, I keep saying them, I, I keep saying the same thing. It must be that somebody's got a problem. Maybe it's not here. Maybe it's in the, the online audience. You know, I keep say, saying it. It, it. It's an amazing thing. You know, number one, we never saved ourselves. It's a gift of God. Never saved ourselves. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Totally unaware of God. And he saved us. We were not on the same frequency. Couldn't even communicate. And he saved us. And now we think we can unsave ourselves. We were predestined. He foreknew us. And here we have issues. I don't have issues because I know the source. So where will you get this living water? Then where do you get that live in water. In Ephesians 1, 3, says, the scripture says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus himself, the source. So where do you get this living water? In Christ Jesus, the source. And then she goes on. So we find that she goes on to talk about it. She says, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well? And she's anticipating his answer would be no. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered her. He said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. And my heart's cry to all believers is stop going after water that only makes you thirsty again. What, why would you not drink water that would satisfy your thirst forever? You drink the natural water. So what does that mean? That means all of our attention and focus on natural things. And I hear, hear believers justifying it by saying, well, you know, we, come on, don't philosophize with me. I feel almost like I'm, I'm going back to my teenage years now. Don't philosophize with me. Don't, don't, don't try to explain away Jesus, the need for Jesus Christ. Listen, no, no, I know that there are things in the world that we ought to do. You know, we ought to take a shower, right? There are things we ought to do. You know, we ought to provide a home for our family. We ought to go to work, yes. But those things are subordinate to knowing Jesus. They are always subordinate to your understanding of God through Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the eternal source. And, and this woman says, um, who, uh, Jesus says, rather, she says, uh, are you greater? And Jesus says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. I'm still talking about the gift of God and the greater Jacob. Jesus is the greater Jacob. Jacob dug a well. I understand that, that this well was one of the deepest ever in, in the land of Palestine or in Canaan or in Israel. It was one of the deepest wells ever there. It provided water for a great natural water for a great number of people. 
a great number of people. But Jesus says, everybody who partakes of what the world has to offer will thirst again. There are too many believers who are drinking earthly water, earthly things, finding satisfaction in earthly things and justifying it because somehow they have great value to you. But Jesus says, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Jesus is saying, every spiritual need you have will be satisfied. Every spiritual need. And all of our needs are truly spiritual. Every, he says, it will be satisfied. But the water that I shall give him, he's not finished. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water. Springing up into everlasting life. You know, it's amazing you know, and all of us, those of us, all of us are getting older, but those of us who have gotten older, <laughs> I think we have something to share with you young folks. We may be physically weaker, but inwardly, we are more, we are stronger than we have ever been. Jesus says, Jesus says, and notice we don't say Jesus said, Jesus says, because what he said, he still says. Hallelujah. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Springing up into everlasting life. And so the Holy Spirit within us. We now have the Holy Spirit, that amazing water that, that Jesus gave to us. He said to his disciples, basically, and if I may paraphrase a little bit, he says, now, now boys, when I, when I get to heaven, when I'm, I'm going to go to heaven, I'm going to my father's house. And when I get to daddy's house, I'm going to sit on the throne. And when I get there, I'm going to dispatch the Holy Spirit. Now, he's going to come and he's going to not just be with you. He's going to be in you. It says to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God. I, I want to say to the church today, all of us who are here and those online, if you knew the gift of God and who it is whose word we are preaching, you would ask of him, and he would give you living water. He will give you a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Not temporary life, but everlasting life. He didn't say, oh, you sinned today, and I'm going to take my salvation. No. He says, no, this, he promises and this promise is not, is not conditional. It's an unconditional promise. Amen. The water I shall give you will become in you a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. But there's some of us, the news is too good to be true. We, we grew up, but it, mu it must not be true. It's just too good to be true. No, this is too good and it is true. This is what he says in Jeremiah 2.13. He says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. So Jesus is telling us that through the Holy Spirit, he will come into you and be your fountain, be your supply, be your source forever and ever. He says, springing up into everlasting life. That means life that lasts forever. 
That's what Jesus is saying to the church. That's why I'm adamant, adamant about knowing Christ, who he is, what he's done for us, who he is. Every time I, 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 I'm under pressure, who are you? And sometimes I say, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to put up with this anymore. I want, I want. And I said, forgive me, Jesus. I want you. Even with the pain, the suffering, I want you. And this is what he's saying. But the people of God, many, Jeremiah says, they've committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Wow. Jesus contrasts his water from all other water. Whoever drinks from his source himself will have a self-sustaining supply. His water is inexhaustible. It's eternal. And he, the giver, is distinctly different from all other sources. He is the greater Jacob. Jacob dug a natural well, but everybody was thirsty again who drank from it. Have you drunk from the well that never runs dry, that's always sustaining, that always supplies you? That's why we must know Jesus, what we have and what we can do with what we have. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you very much for your love, your mercy, and grace. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. You're the Son of God. You're the Savior of the world. You are the remedy for sin. You are our deliverer. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Savior, for saving us. I pray, Lord, that we would understand the significance of that, that you are the one who gets us through every difficulty. Every difficult situation every hard day if we were to lose everything in this world our house our job our lands if we lose everything we will still have the most significant we would have you Lord help us to know that everything else leaves us thirsty. We could make a hundred dollars. I wanted to make forty dollars a day once. I wanted to make, I thought if I make it forty dollars a day, I will become rich. And I made forty dollars and I wanted to make eighty. And then I wanted to make a hundred and I was always thirsty. But coming to you, you have quenched my thirst. And you will quench all of our thirst. Take our focus off this world and place our attention on you. In Jesus' name, amen.